0: Here's another study from Calvary Chapel, Rochester. All right, so Psalm 146, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. It's actually towards the end of the book of Psalms. Um, It's, if if you'll notice, um, Psalm 146, all the way through to the end, there's five more Psalms. Each of these psalms start with the words, praise the Lord and they end with the words, praise the Lord. And I don't know about you, uh, but uh, you know, when we started 2019, you know, if you can remember back, I mean, it seems like it was a lifetime ago, doesn't it? But if you can remember back to 2000, January 1st, 2019, how excited you were, maybe I'm hoping, you know, it's like, this is a new year, you know, I'm excited for what the Lord's gonna bring, what's gonna happen, and then all the stuff happened in 2019, right, they're just kind of like, whoa. Um, it started with the promise, praise the Lord, But then in the middle of it, man, I tell you, I'm just speaking for myself. I got distracted. You know, everything that was going on, it was like, you know, I was getting calls from people like about ministries and stuff. And and I said, you know, to be honest with you, we're just kind of trying to hang in here. Um, I can't really think about all that other stuff right now. I'm just, I'm just, we're just trying to make it through this year. And and that's what I would tell when people call us about different things and stuff. And uh, and so I think, I know for me personally, and I'm assuming for our church as a whole, 2019, or 2020, I should say, 2020, I said 2019, right? I meant 2020. Um, you know, it was a distraction for me. And it, I, I'm assuming it was for you as well. I know for our church, we were just like, okay, what do we do? And you know, we, we navigated through it, God is faithful. And uh, so we've been blessed that way. But just like the Psalm starts with praising the Lord, It ends with praising the Lord. You know, we've made it through that year. Let's praise the Lord again. So um, I titled this message, It's Time to Praise the Lord. And I think it's time to refocus ourselves on what's important. Uh, And so that's what we're gonna be looking at. And this is what this psalm actually, I think, helps us. It helps to refocus us. So, you know, there's a lot of scriptures that says, praise the Lord. And that's a command, it's an encouragement. It's something that you and I should do. So the question, first of all, is, well, why are we to praise the Lord? And maybe last year you're like, man, I don't know, why should I praise the Lord? All this junk's going on. Why are we encouraged to praise the Lord? And the very first point I want to bring up is that God is worthy of our praise, God is worthy of our praise. You know, when we're praising the Lord, and and I don't know about you, but I come into a worship service, and you know, I'm praying, and and Lord, let me see Your glory. And I, I, you know, I'm worshiping the Lord. I'm I'm trusting. I'm thinking about the Lord, but I don't see Him. I don't get this vision of the Lord standing there. You know, it's all by faith right now, and that's what you and I are doing. Is we're worshiping the Lord right now. We're worshiping by faith. But there's going to be a time when we're going to see the Lord face to face. What's, why is God worthy of our praise? Well, you know, if you think about the host of heaven, their view of the Lord is completely unobstructed. My flesh gets in the way of me seeing the Lord, but in heaven, there's no obstruction. They see the Lord. Right there, as he is. And if you look at the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 4, for example, the four living creatures are described in Revelation 4, and it says that they do not rest day and night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Then you get to chapter Uh, actually, uh, whenever they do, I should say, whenever the the four living creatures worship the Lord, and it says that they do it night and day, they don't rest. But whenever they do, which sounds like it's always, it says that the 24 elders fall down and worship before him who sits on the throne and worship him. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. And we get to uh, Revelation chapter 5 and John says this he says I heard the voice of many angels around the throne the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing you know Jesus said this in Luke chapter 15 verse 10 he said, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Can you imagine what a party goes on when there's like a harvest crusade or a Billy Graham crusade or, you know, you're, you're, maybe you're witnessing or praying with someone and they pray to receive the Christ. They, they, they ask the Lord, forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart. Man, there's a party going on in heaven. They are, the, the angels are just rejoicing in the Lord and in his goodness. There's also a story, it's not a story, it's an account that Paul gives, and I personally believe it was of Paul himself. But in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 3 and 4, he says this I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which is not lawful for a man to utter. It was kind of funny. You get people that you can read them on the, or hear about them on the internet or find a YouTube video. Someone says, I went to heaven and this is what I saw. And they tell you all these things that they saw. And you go to the Bible and all Paul says, man, I heard stuff that I can't even describe it to you. I just, I, I can't even put it into words. It's, it's unlawful for me to utter. I can't, I can't even say it to you guys. What did he hear? Well, I, we don't know, scriptures doesn't tell us, but I'm just wondering if it's all that praise and worship that's going on in heaven. I I think that's what Paul heard. Well, the reality is that right now in heaven, at this very moment in heaven, there is rejoicing going on. Why? Because the Lord is worthy. The Lord is worthy of praise and so he's being worshiped. And so this Psalm encourages us to praise the Lord, just like what's going on in heaven. Verses one of Psalm 146, praise the Lord, Praise the Lord, O my soul, while I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. The first point we mentioned was that God is worthy of our praise. The second point I want to bring out is when you and I praise the Lord, it affects us inwardly. Listen, if you're discouraged, depressed, angry or afraid, praise the Lord. <laughs> you might say, well, that sounds very heartless. I mean, you know, someone comes up and you says, man, I'm, I'm really depressed. And I go, well, praise the Lord. I'm not saying praise the Lord like I'm happy that you're, you're depressed or you're angry or you're hurt or something. What I'm saying is, hey, praise the Lord. Literally praise the Lord. Let me read this to you. Isaiah 61 verses one through three. This is a prophecy about the Lord, about the Messiah. Jesus actually refers to this and says, hey, it's fulfilled in your presence when he reads it to the the people that are in the synagogue. But it says this, Isaiah 61, verses one through three, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The garment of praise for the spirit heaviness, You know, when you and I praise the Lord, it's like we're changing clothes. It's like we're putting on some new clothes. And you know what they say, the clothes makes the man or the clothes makes the woman, right? That's what they say. I don't know. I've heard it anyways. It's what I say. (laughs) Listen, the sons of Korah in the Bible, they change their clothes a lot. I want to read something to you. It's in Psalm 42, verse 11. This is what the sons of Korah said. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. That word countenance literally means face, but what it was implying is my mood or my attitude. See, when you and I worship the Lord, it starts to change us. It changes our mood. It changes our attitude. So if, I, so if you come to me and say, man, I'm depressed, I'll say, well, praise the Lord. Do you feel like everything has turned against you? You know, sometimes it's like, man, I lost my job. I'm sick. You know, this happened. The dog bit me. You know, all these things that happened. You say, man, everything's against me. Well, if you feel that way, praise the Lord. David felt that way many times. In Psalm 103, verse 2, he writes this, "'Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits.'" Remember that song, count your blessings, name them one by one, you know? When you and I start doing that, we start praising the Lord and worshiping him and thinking about all the goodness of God, and it lifts your spirits up. Are you fearful about something? Last year, man, I tell you, when it started the year and we had all the you know people didn't know all about the virus and stuff it was like you know it's like don't touch your groceries you know <laughs> you got to wash your groceries you know people were leaving them outside for 24 hours you know the amazon would come with the box and I'm like oh, what do I do you know wipe it down with alcohol you know all this stuff and and then we started to learn more about it but at first man there's a lot of fear and there's people that are still in fear about all kinds of things not just the virus are you fearful Here's a psalm for you. Psalm 113, verse 5. Who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high? And God's in control. Your God that you worship, your God who dwells in your heart, if you're in a relationship with Jesus, man, he dwells on high. So when you and I praise the Lord, it affects us inwardly. Psalm 146, verse 3. Do not put your trust in princes nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. His spirit departs, he returns to his earth in that very day his plans perish. And so here's the third point. When you and I praise the Lord, it corrects our vision. It corrects our vision. There's a lot of conspiracies swirling around on the internet and I've heard some and you've probably heard some, maybe you've read some and stuff. It's all over, you can find it anywhere you look. But I want to read a passage of scripture to you that I think is kind of interesting. Isaiah 8. Verses 11 through 13. For the Lord spoke thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not say a conspiracy concerning all that this people call a conspiracy, nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. The Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. So, you know, I hear about conspiracies and stuff, and I'll be honest with you, I don't stay up on them. I'm really not educated on them. Why? Because that's not to be my focus. I'm a kingdom person. You too, you also, we are kingdom people. You know, there's all this talk about socialism. We're heading our country, for those of you that are joining us from other places, which I know that happens. Um, in the United States, man, that's the big fear right now. Or that's a big concern. It's like we're sliding towards socialism. And you know, uh, it, for you and I as kingdom people, it doesn't matter, it really doesn't matter if we end up being a socialist country or a democracy or whatever, why? Because you and I are of another kingdom. We're of another kingdom. We're to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Listen, there was a lot of corruption. There was a lot of intrigue and conspiracy in the days of the early church. It's not new, folks. Concerning the Idumean kings, they were known as Herod, Herod the Great, and Herod Antipas, Herod the You know, there's all these different Herods. They were all related to each other. They ruled Judea at the time of Christ in the early church. And this is what it says about them of nearly all the kings of the house of Herod, it may truly be said that at their death, they went without being desired, unmissed, unmourned. What that means is when they died, nobody grieved. Nobody was like, oh man, really bummed. They're like, Whew, glad that's over. The entire family history is one of incessant brawls, suspicion, intrigue, and shocking immorality. In the baleful and waning light of the rule of the Herodians, Christ lived and died, and under it the foundations of the Christian church were laid. While there was all this junk going on, man, the church, the foundations of the church were laid. They were growing. The church was growing. Listen, Josephus says this about Pilate. You know who Pilate was, right? It says this. At another time, he used the sacred treasure of the temple called Corban to pay for bringing water into Jerusalem by an aqueduct a crowd came together and clamored against him. But listen what he did. But he had caused soldiers dressed as civilians to mingle with the, added, with the multitude and at a given signal, they fell upon their rioters and beat them so severely with staves that the riot was quelled. So he had soldiers disguised as citizens in a riot or in a protest, you could say in a peaceful, mostly peaceful protest. That's kind of a common thing. And then they, at a certain cue, then they beat up the protesters around. That's a conspiracy. That's sure something to be concerned about. But you know what? I read those, his- those things to you from historians. I didn't read that to you from the Bible. It's not recorded in the Bible, why? Because the early church was focused on spreading the gospel of Christ. They weren't concerned about that stuff. They were, let's, we're of the kingdom. We've got a job to do. They were not trying to expose the corruption. That wasn't their focus. Listen, think about the Roman Empire. All the junk that went on with the Roman Empire. What do we have from the old Roman Empire? We got pizza pie, man, we like, we like pizza pie. We got some really cool marble statues that rich people like to put in their yards to make them look very important. Kind of reminds me of a song. I don't know if you know some of those crooners. Yeah. Can I whoops, I just lost my notes here. Can I sing a song to you guys? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. <laughs> if you're waiting in the sea and an eel nibbles on your knee, it's a moray. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody here from Pittsburgh? <laughs> I feel like I lost my calling. I should have been a uh, should have been one of those crooners. <laughs> Thank you, beautiful. <laughs> well, what do we have left from the Roman? I know we have a judicial system from the Roman, you know, from the Roman government and stuff. You know, to be fair, that's true. True, But if you think about it, what, what's left of that Roman Empire that was so intriguing and all this junk going on? We don't have much. The Roman Empire is gone. But at the same time, the kingdom of God was advancing, and where's the kingdom of God today? Man, it is thriving. It's well there have been societies and cultures and dictators and people that have tried to shut the Christ or shut the gospel down to get rid of all the Bibles, kill all the Christians. Man, the church is here to stay and it's thriving. One of the concerns that we have, and I know I have it, you know, is all the um, censoring that's going on, right? That's, that's, a, that's a big concern. You know, we've got these companies, um, I won't name them by name because we're actually using them to, <laughs> to do this message. But we have these companies, some of them are pretty good though. <laughs> we have these companies that are trying to censor the conservatives and the Christians and, and, and they're trying to silence their voice. And you know what? They may succeed. They really may succeed in silencing the conservative viewpoint, but they're not gonna, cons- they're not gonna silence the gospel of Jesus Christ. They can't. You know, we don't have I don't have statistics for the church in North Korea, but I guarantee there is a church in North Korea. It might be small, but there's a church in North Korea. We know that there's a church in Communist China, and it is thriving. We've heard, I've heard, I don't know if you have, about in Iran. How... Multitudes of of Muslim people are having visions of Jesus Christ and they're coming to faith in Jesus Christ. The gospel is not silenced. So, so you know, we get all up in arms about what's going to happen. Don't worry. The gospel is not going to be silenced. So when you and I praise the Lord, it really does correct our vision. Verse 5 of Psalm 146. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help. Whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the f- oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. Listen, a large percentage of Republican voters feel the election was rigged. Well, people say that. I'm not <laughs> going to be, this is probably going to end up getting censored. I should. Anyways, uh, I'm one of those people. I feel like the election was (coughs) rigged. Um, But a lot of people do. There's a lot of people in the United States, a lot of Republican voters that feel that way. They feel that there's a lot of lying and deception going on and and I think we have a right to be upset. I'm upset, but you know what, are you upset? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Listen, Proverbs 15 verse three, the eyes of the Lord are in every place keeping watch on the evil and the good. You know, the things that are kind of going on behind closed doors, and all these things that they're doing to, you know, manipulate and do all this stuff. I Man, God sees it. God is aware of it. And God has allowed this election outcome. God's allowed it. Psalm 16, or excuse me, Proverbs 16, verse 33. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. I don't know why. I don't, I'm not really happy with the outcome, but you know what? God's allowed it, for whatever reason, God's allowed it to occur. And I know that he's good. I know that his judgment is right. I know that he loves me. He loves the church. And so, I'm just gonna rest in that. I don't understand, Lord God, but, I, uh, but whatever it is, I, I, just, I know that you're in control. It says, he will execute justice for the oppressed. You know, I think sometimes we lose sight of this. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. You know that? Jesus is the lion of the tribe. You know what you and I are? We're the sheep of his pasture. <laughs> we are. We're the sheep. Jesus is the lion. Now, it doesn't mean we're to turn a blind eye to injustice. It doesn't mean we're just to sit there and let things happen. You know? No. I mean, there's a there's a right response. In the right time and in the right place and in the right context. But the Bible tells you and I we're to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. You know, I might step on a few toes, but. What about all those prophecies that Trump would win re-election? You know, they were out there, man. I, I saw some of them, and you know, all these people were. I, I'm not going to get into what I think if they're false prophets or not. I'm not going to get into that. I don't. I don't think necessarily a lot of them, or maybe all of them, were there to to uh, deceive people. I, I honestly think, it, you know, to be honest with you, I think a lot of it was just wishful thinking. Um, but what about all these prophecies? We're to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Listen, don't believe everything that you read. Don't believe everything that you read, even if it sounds spiritual or if the person seems like they've got a lot of authority and stuff. That's still a man, that's still a woman. It's not the Lord God. So don't believe everything. So let's praise the Lord and get our vision corrected. The second half of verse seven says this, the Lord gives freedom to the prisoners The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. I I don't even think I. It goes without saying that if you look around in our culture and our society today, many people are blind to what is taking place spiritually. They just see what's happening on the surface. They don't realize that there's something spiritual going on in our world. They are blind to the fact that they are slaves to sin. But guess what, well, I don't say guess what, but good laws and good politicians, they are not gonna free people from bondage to sin, that is. They're not gonna open the eyes to people's blindness. blindness excuse me. Revival is not gonna come through laws. It's not gonna come through uh, the political process. Revival only comes through one place, and that's from repentance. And that's where you and I come in. The fourth point I want to bring up is when you and I praise the Lord, it affects others. 1 Peter 2.9, and I've said this over and over again, especially as we go through Numbers and talking about the Levites, but Peter said this in 1 Peter 2.9, he says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're to proclaim the praises of the Lord Jesus Christ in our society and in our culture. That's talking about our verbal testimony. And I know sometimes people say, you know what, I, I, man, I can't remember the four spiritual laws. And man, I get all tongue-tied twi- when I try to share the Romans road. And I just don't know if I can really share, you know, if somebody asks me a question, I don't, I don't know if I can give them the gospel plainly. I wish I knew it better. But I just, I, I, I get kind of, Caught up in it, you know, I can't do it. Listen, just share your testimony. That's what this is talking about. Proclaiming the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What has the Lord done for you? What does he mean to you? That's what there's no right or wrong to that. It's it's what you, what the Lord's done to you. And all of us can do that. We're to give our verbal testimony, and we're also to give our nonverbal testimony. Jesus said this in Matthew 5:16. let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So we have verbal and we have nonverbal communication, praising the Lord. Remember when Paul and Silas were in Philippi and they got jailed? In Acts 16, verse 22, it says, Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Prisoners, are, And not only that, but evidently the Philippian jailer himself was listening to Paul and Silas praising the Lord. And it had an impact on them. But listen, our verbal and nonverbal testimony should never be exclusive because I know some people say, well, you know what, I'm just going to live my life as a Christian and people can just see my life and I don't have to say anything. There's a time and a place to just do good work, to just to just let your light shine through how you live your life. But there's also a time and a place when we need to speak up and we need to share what's going on and give the hope, the answer for the hope that lies within us. So it's never exclusive of each other. Well, now we get down to verse nine. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow, but the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. The fifth point I want to bring up is when you and I praise the Lord, it reminds us of the outcome. You know, nationalism is popular right now. It's popular not only in the United States, but it's popular in a lot of countries. There's a lot of people that are rising up and they're, they're, they don't want to be part of the global, you know, everything, they, the EU, there's the Brexit movement, there's all these things. Nationalism is popular. And I, I'm gonna say this, I know, I know that there's people in Canada that watch this on a regular basis, so I don't want to try to sound smug as an American, because sometimes Americans can be kind of smug. But the US does have a major impact on the global, on the, on the world, all around, on all nations. A lot of countries use the United States currency, uh, trade, you you know, our trade, um, our involvement in world issues. United States has an impact around the world. And with Trump, President Trump out of the way, and the globalists are cheering. They are thrilled with the fact that a nationalist president is out of there, out of office right now. And you know, right now we can get really up in arms about what's going on in our country, what's going on worldwide, but I I, just gotta say this. We know that globalism is inevitable prophetically. We know that it's gonna happen because the Bible tells us that in the book of Revelations. We also know that there's gonna be an increase in godliness. We know that that's inevitable too. Right now, in the United States anyways, the other party has now full control, right? They've got the administration. They've got both the House and the Senate. They may even try to expand the Supreme Court so that there's more liberal judges compared to conservative judges. So they have full control at this point, almost complete control. Um, And you know, I'm gonna get a little bit political here, but they are not going to squander what they have. Now the Republicans have had full control and they've squandered their opportunities, in my opinion, they have squandered their opportunities left and right, and they always do. I don't think the Democratic Party is going to do that this time. They are, right now, they're drunk with power. You can just see it, you can hear it, they are drunk with power and if they have their way they're gonna make it so that no conservative ever can run for office can ever be elected again that's their goal they don't want anyone to get in the way of of their 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 drive for globalism their drive for everything that they want to do in the United States but guess what (laughs) you and I we are of the kingdom of God in a sense it's irrelevant to us in a sense I want to read this to you out of Psalm 37, beginning with verse 1. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell on the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart commit your way to the Lord trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass cease from anger and forsake wrath do not fret it only causes harm for evil, evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just, and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming." Listen, we know the inevitable outcome. When we start focusing and praising the Lord, we know what the outcome is. Those who are in power now think that they can change the world to their liking and they probably will have quite a bit of success. But eventually, they're gonna be gone. And eventually, you and I, brother and sister, the Lord, if you have a relationship with the Lord, we are going to inherit the world. We're gonna inherit the earth. They're not gonna be anymore. You and I are gonna reign with Christ on the earth during the millennium. So let's praise the Lord. Let's turn our attention to the kingdom. I think it's closer than we can imagine. Another kind of a side point, that's not really another point, but when you and I praise the Lord, it also reminds the enemy of the outcome as well. Doesn't it just remind us, hey, I know ultimately God wins and we're gonna reign with him. But it also reminds the enemy of the outcome. In Isaiah 12, excuse me, Isaiah 14 verse 12 through 14, this speaks about Satan. It says, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the, of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. What did he want? He wanted to be worshiped. Remember when Jesus was tempted by the devil? In Matthew four, verses eight and nine, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Satan wants to be worshiped. And so when you and I worship the Lord who deserves, who's worthy of our worship, when we praise the Lord, it reminds the enemy of the outcome for them as well, what their fate is going to be. I have a sixth and a final point. When we praise the Lord, it's attractive. And I'm going to kind of bump into chapter 147, verse 1. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant And praise is beautiful. Praise is beautiful. In other words, it's attractive. You want to be the best best dressed person in church? Don't go out and buy a new suit or a new dress or anything like that or a new sweater. Man, be the one who worships the Lord, who praises the Lord. Put on the garment of praise and you'll be the most beautiful person in here. I've shared this with my fellowship many, many times, but uh, I'm gonna share it again. Some of you might go, oh, here it he goes again. Um, whenever I go to the pastors' conferences, the Calvary Chapel pastors' conferences, there's one pastor, and you know, it just happened once. At one of the conferences, I happened to sit, you know, because you go into these different sessions and you sit by different people, and and uh, I don't know, four, five 500, 600, Calvary pastors all together in a place and, and you know, at f- the start of each session, we're worshiping and praising the Lord. And, and uh, I remember one time sitting by this one pastor and I was just like, man, this is awesome. And after that, it's like, anytime I went to those conferences, I'm like, I got to find that guy. His name is Ricky Ryan, by the way. Um, what I liked about sitting by him is when he worshiped the Lord, man, it was beautiful. It encouraged me. It got me riled up. Um, it was attractive and appealing to be around because that's what happens when you and I worship the Lord. Now, I'm not saying this. Don't be the loudest. Not, I'm not saying you be the loudest person. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, Don't be the most animated. Don't even, you know, sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes people, they overcompensate for something that's going on in their life, and they'll be the most loudest and the, the most obnoxious person praising the Lord. And it's like, okay, you can kind of, have you ever had something that's like sickeningly sweet? I'm not, I like sweets, but some, there's, a, there's, a, there's a certain point where it's like, this is like too sweet for me, and I'm like, oh man, it's just, ugh. That, I, I kind of get that sometimes when people overcompensate and they're like, you know, praise the Lord. And you, you, and you look at their life and you go, man, yeah, you're saying that, but man, your life doesn't reflect that. So I'm not saying to be the loudest, the most animated worshiper. But listen, genuine, heartfelt worship, it's attractive. It's appealing. It's beautiful. And it has an impact on those around you. You know what's not attractive? Having a critical spirit, complaining, being suspicious of everything and everyone, being militant, that's not attractive. But praising the Lord, it's beautiful. Romans 10, verses 8 through 15 says this, but what, it's, what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Even if you're watching right now online, if you call out to the Lord Jesus Christ, put your faith in him, repent of your sins, you will be saved. That's what the scripture is saying here. But it continues on in verse 14. It says, but then how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad glad tidings of good things. That's beautiful. So for 2021, if you want to make, a it's kind of late maybe to make a New Year's resolution, but if you're to make any kind of resolution for 2021, 2020 is beyond behind us, 2021 is here. Let's be about the kingdom. Let's be about the kingdom. Let's worship the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. And to help you in that, not to help you praise the Lord, but I'll, get, I'll explain this in a minute. We printed up some new business cards It's got updated information on the front side, but on the back side, there's scriptures that are all about sharing the gospel with someone. And uh, we've got a bunch of them, I ordered a bunch of them. And I wanna encourage you, let's be about the kingdom in 2021. And so if you're out there and maybe, maybe you don't feel real comfortable sharing the gospel with someone or you, you kind of want to, but it's like, I don't know what to do or stuff, you can always invite them to church or invite them to watch the live stream if you know, we're still dealing with what we're dealing with right now. Um, but on the back side, when you leave it with them, they got the gospel here. They can read it. The Holy Spirit can use it to touch their hearts and their lives. So um, these are for you folks. So I, I encourage you, grab a, grab a handful of them, put them in your purse, or your wallet, your shirt pocket or whatever. And when you get into a conversation with someone, man, share this with them. It's not to build the church, okay? It's to build the kingdom, because we're to be about the kingdom. Now we're of the kingdom, but we still live in the world, right? I mean, we're still here. In last, uh, last couple weeks, we talked about the Levites. And one of the things we talked about in Numbers is how the Levites, you know, they weren't given tribal, their own tribal territory. They were spread out through the land of Israel. And the reason why is that they could, so they they could minister to the people that they were around. And it's the same for you and I. God has planted you and I in different places. And you have a, a sphere of influence. You have a voice where my voice wouldn't reach. You have an audience, people that know you, people that you relate to that some of us would never relate to, but you do. And God has planted us in different places. So let's attract others to Christ through living our life, praising the Lord. So when I'm saying praise the Lord, I'm not trying to be cheesy. I mean it, man, let's praise the Lord because it'll have an impact on us. So I just want to reiterate, why are we encouraged to praise the Lord? First of all, He is worthy to be praised. Secondly, because it affects us inwardly. Third, because it corrects our vision. Fourth, because it affects others. Five, because it reminds us of the outcome. And six, because it is attractive. So I just want to encourage you this morning. Man, let's be about praising the Lord. Amen. I'll have the worship team come on up and uh, we're going to close with uh, our last song and you've got an opportunity now to praise the Lord as we as we worship the Lord in song. But I'm going to go ahead and pray first. Heavenly Father, <clears throat> thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I thank you for the encouragement that we have. Lord, that uh, things may be really in chaos right now and uh, it seems like... Uh, it seems like the world is literally going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> we look around us at all the things that are going on, all the, all the ungodly policies that are being enacted and, and it's all the junk that's going on, Lord God. But I thank you that we are of another kingdom. Lord, yeah, yeah, we live in this kingdom and it does have an effect on us on what happens. And Lord, we are to be citizens and to exercise our rights within our citizenship. And, but Lord God, in the end, we're not of this kingdom. We're not of this world, we are of your kingdom. And Lord, I pray this morning that that would just be a good reminder for us as we head into this new year, Lord God, that we would be about your kingdom and your righteousness. And that Lord, I just thank you, even though Tim, even Timothy said, uh, Paul said to Timothy, you know, he was in chains, but he said, Man, the, the gospel's not chain, chained. And so Lord, I thank you that Your word is not chained, that it goes forth. And Lord, may we be your ambassadors, no matter what the conditions of our society is in, no matter who's in control or what's going on in our lives around us, Lord. May we be about your kingdom and your righteousness. So we thank you and we bless you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Why don't you stand up for this last song and let's let's praise the Lord.